0: So, welcome back, everybody, to A Reason for Hope Candid. We have the religious hippie with us today, Amber Rose. How are you, Amber?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, we're we're very happy to have you, uh, you know, and thank you for your time, and uh, thank you for your great witness. Uh, you know, um, I was going through your social media. We, I think we all were. We were mm-hmm. going through your social media, and it's just really, it's really beautiful how you sort of, you know, live out your faith on social media. So, from your from your bio on on your website, uh, Amber is a cradle Catholic. Um, y- you said in your bio that you fell away from your faith for eight years, but upon your reversion. Um, it was really the Catholic principles that really attracted your attention to to coming back to Jesus, I guess. So you're from the Chicago suburbs. Uh, you're a very gifted public speaker. Uh, Amber recently spoke at the Soka 2022 Young Adult Conference in Denver, Colorado with uh, uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland was also there. We actually just had him on uh, one of our podcasts, which was a blessing. So yeah. Really? Um, yeah. yeah
1: awesome.
0: Um, so, so that's awesome that you're also connected with him. Uh, she's got a biweekly podcast called "A Catholic's Perspective" with the religious hippie, mm-hmm. uh, where she offers up real-time coaching, straight talk lessons, et cetera. You have a book club, which I want to get into because I know you know we're all sort of <laughs> yeah. we're we're kind of bookies, uh, book bookworms to a certain bookies? degree. Bookies, <laughs> we're bookies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're Catholic. Anybody want to place a bet? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and uh, and you also play a little bit of music and and you sing. Um, cool. You, yeah. Yeah. Nice so um so let's start with uh just a little bit about about your background amber so I, i'm I'm really interested in just kind of hearing about your reversion to the Catholic Church, so again, from your bio, you know you were raised cradle catholic but but you fell away and and then you came back. Can you tell us a little bit about your your story there?
1: yeah, so basically how the story goes is i um so I was born and raised you know catholic um i was baptized at St. Cletus Parish, which is over kind of near another suburb of Chicago. And then I did my first Holy Communion and Confirmation at St. John Cantius, which was deemed one of the most beautiful churches in the nation. Um, So I was raised there and uh, I was raised going to the traditional Latin mass. I was raised veiling Um, and then around after my confirmation, that's when things started going downhill with these sex scandals and things like that Mm. around 2011, um, the sex scandals really started picking up from there. And so to protect us, um, in what some people thought was the best way, um, was to come away from the church and to kind of like regroup and figure out what to do, um, And so because of that, uh, you know, as a teenager, I was just like, yes, no more sitting in mass for a whole hour. I can text my friends whenever (laughs) I want and there's no consequences. Mm -hmm. There were consequences. but did I know those? No. Um, yeah. so basically, I kind of just went about my life every day. I kind of put God on the back burner. I, I thought about him every now and then, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, like I should go to church. Like, you know, there was there was no want or need to go back. And honestly, I kind of had this almost hatred for it. Mm. Um, it was very interesting. And almost all of my friends knew about it. So when I did, re- re- you know, come back in my faith, they were like, "Okay, this is interesting because you literally mm. last month you were like you hate it," and I was like, "I know, but um, hang on." <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of it was a humbling moment because I had to take back like all of my uh, what I would say about the church and things. I had to like take it back, and so yeah, very humbling mm. moment.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it was it was hard though. I mean getting raised in a beautiful church, you know, the, the structure of it and everything mm. and then leaving it, it can be very hard um, because you get that foundation kind of wiped out from underneath you. Um, so it, it's hard when you no longer have a foundation as a teenager when you need it the most mm. um, because then you're just free to do whatever you want if yeah. you have no rules or guidelines.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Question for you. Um, yeah. Do you feel like if you if you hadn't um, left the church in your teenage years that, um, that you would have been able to handle situations that you went through better than um, being out of the church?
1: I definitely think so. A lot of the situations that I faced with in high school were like, obviously like bullying and mm. just, you know, immoral things, you know, uh, just sexual things and just all these things. Like, I already had like the foundation implanted in me. So it's like, right. I already knew that these things were bad. Yeah. So, you know, drinking, drugs, all that. I never did it, but I did witness it. And my reaction to it probably wasn't that great Um, because I would just kind of like get really mad at them or I wouldn't say anything. And I would become, what is that? The sin of, not omission, but like. Um, sin of
0: commission, omission. I think something it's like where is you right. basically yeah, it's basically right. like
1: enabling like yeah. you're an omission. enabler
0: yeah omission i would say yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: um and so in those areas like i didn't really have a backbone to be like okay well this is my faith this is what i stand up for i have god to back me up and all the saints um mm-hmm. and so i was really like wishy-washy with everything i was just mm-hmm. like yeah you can do that or whatever i never did it myself because i saw what it did to my friends but um I definitely do think that it would have helped me have more of a backbone Mm. um, in those areas for Mm. sure.
0: Absolutely. I I think at the same time though, I mean, I have a, I have a similar sort of journey, faith journey. And although um, of course, being closer to Jesus would have been better for any of us going through the tough times in our lives. The, I I think it's the, it's the, the sin that we committed and then Jesus sort of, coming in to save us that just mm-hmm. makes the story even more so even more powerful and more beautiful of course the sin isn't beautiful but but it's god's ability to pull us out of the depths of our sin that is so beautiful right. and i think can really help sort of convert other people um you it's know so true yeah yes so so you said but you were raised in the context of the latin mass huh is that what you said
1: yeah wow yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah that's crazy
1: we would we go to solemn high Mass on um, which is like an hour and a half long and it's beautiful Gregorian chant it's live wow, wow. Uh, live music um, Gregorian chant music with there's beautiful vestments the entire altar sometimes is lit up in candles it's beautiful
3: Wow yeah
0: see I I um I have yet to go to a, a Latin mass. Really? Uh, so you've been a I yeah. imagine, right? Yeah. It's yeah. so
1: funny because I go and I see these families and like the kids are veiling. So that was you. Wow. You experienced <laughs> that. It That's was? a dream. I'm so jealous. <laughs> It's beautiful. And I think the funniest thing to me is also I go to um, I also go to Novus Ordo, you know, and um, when I'm there, I talk to all of these older people and they're just like, you know what? I wonder why there's no kids here and stuff. And I'm like, well, if you want to know where the kids are, we're at the TLM and they didn't believe me. And so I took them to the TLM. And I was just like, here, come with me. Like, we'll go just check it out so you can. And it was packed. Like people were actually standing in the aisles because nobody could fit. And wow St. John Cantius, wow. it's built to house like thousands and thousands of people. Wow. And it was packed to the brim hmm. on Easter Sunday. And you had and there were babies crawling all over you, crying. There was <laughs> I like I love
0: that. That's great.
1: There was And if there were old people there, it's because they were a part of a family. Mm. You know, they were the grandparents. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just them going and there was no family. Like, this is like one family takes up three pews, which are probably (laughs) like a bus long. Like, it's crazy. Yeah,
2: that's crazy. (laughs) Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's such an attraction to the Latin mass? Does it kind of have anything to do with like our... Our society's like hipster thing, where it's like, oh no, this is like the old school way. It's Yeah, cool. no one, like the old school, the old vinyl. school is now than <laughs> like new trying any way to just do something different than yeah. our parents. Like, no, this is yeah. this is yeah, like vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like
3: being progressive is being regressive, yeah. going back thirty
2: years. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I guess that's like what radical usually can mean is right. just back to the roots,
0: right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's so true. I think from my own experience too. Like, I hated going as a kid because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so. Boring, and it, I'm just staring at people's butts all day. And you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> relatable. I'm not that tall, so I can relate yeah. to that, even as an adult <laughs> yeah. man.
1: It was just not a fun time. And I didn't understand what was happening because I didn't speak Latin as an eight year old. I was like, I don't under but I also had an appreciation as a kid for the beauty of the mass. And most of the times it would actually lull me to sleep. Um, And of course, my parents would be picking me up like, you got to kneel, like you're old enough now, you have to kneel. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to take a five minute Um, (laughs) nap. But I definitely think it has something to do with connecting to our roots, because in general, we all have this. I don't know if you guys have this, but I definitely have this thing where I'm like, if I could go back in time to farming and Little House on the Prairie days, like maybe not the political things we were facing back then, but just like homesteading and like having a mini farm and like raising a lot of kiddos and your husband works with you instead of going to an office all day to, you know, work away at a desk. I just really have a connection to wanting to work with my future husband and raise my kids to homeschool them and things because it's a connection to my roots. I feel like it's more holistic. It's more natural. Um, and a lot of people these days, you know, they, they've been raised in the cities. (laughs) Okay. Me me too. But (laughs) (laughs) I was homeschooled and these kids like they, an iPad is thrown into their hands the first second they're born. Like, And I was lucky enough, I had a childhood before technology took over. You know, I was born in 1999, but I was still kind of raised in the 90s in a way because my parents didn't let technology come in until like, you know, I think it was like 2017 or something. So I definitely had a lot of childhood. And I think through the traditional Latin mass, it connects us to our roots, but there's also a... There's also a beauty about it, something that you don't get when you go out into everyday life. You know, yeah, you can look at the beautiful nature God gives us, but there is a beauty that is heaven on earth, which is the Catholic Mass, and the Latin Mass really takes that seriously. Mm.
3: You know, yeah, there's a reverence, the to reverence, it. yeah, yes, for sure.
1: And um, I think that's something that my younger generation is crying for, really, because when I go to these. Novus Ordo parishes, and I also attend Novus Ordo. I'm not biased, but... Okay, I'm a little biased. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I go to, like, very reverent Novus Ordos and things. Yes, and, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like we have the altar, you know, the the communion rails, and we receive on the tongue while kneeling, and, you mm-hmm. know, he does it at Orientum. It's just beautiful, but there's something that you just don't get with the Novus Ordo that you do in the TLM mm-hmm. spiritually. There's just... Something there that doesn't mean that the that no disorder is bad. Like there's so many people that really get something out of it And that's great. Yeah. but I see more of a progression towards the TLM Because of what it offers spiritually
0: Hey everybody we got some exciting news. We have a whole new Array of Hope app and channel, a video destination where everyone can find meaningful and inspiring videos and resources to help bring them closer to God. This is available on your desktop, Roku, Apple TV, iPhones and Android mobile phones and tablets. This channel has movies, short, faith-filled segments, live events, and programs. You've got to check it out. Sign up by going to watch.arrayofhope.net and then download the app at the App Store by just typing in Array of Hope. Yeah, absolutely. That reminds me, we have a great uh, director of theology here at Array of Hope, Dr. David Hajduk. We mention his name on every podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's,
3: <laughs> it's in our contract. We have to do that. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and I'll never forget, you know, he just recently started going to the Latin Mass and um, TLM. Uh, see, I, I, yeah, I yeah, learned yeah. a yeah. new We're hip now. now. We're yeah, hip,
3: man. We hang out with the we're we're hip, with the hippie. Yeah. yeah. Hey.
0: <laughs> so, but I'll, ne- <laughs> I'll never forget when he when he said he was like, he was like yeah we, you know my family he's he's got 11 kids i think it's 11 12 um wow. we just started going to the latin mass and it's like it's like a different religion and yeah. and and i know i know what he meant by that it was just like a whole different experience and and i guess kind of like you were saying there was just something uh it's just a little more spiritual sort of I don't want to say benefit, and maybe certainly not grace, but just just something about it spiritually that sent people, at least him and his family, away a little more f- fulfilled. He even said some of his younglings, even though the mass was an hour longer than the Novus Ordo, mm. he some of his younglings were like, "Oh wow, like this is way better. Like I like this so much more." And and um, yeah. So and then another thing you said about. Um, homeschooling you know cuz he cuz he homeschools his kids as well that reminds me of a meme i saw on instagram recently um and it was like it was you know it's like those those three women like doing this thing and then it's the cat <laughs> it's, oh, it's from the cat. housewives yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know that's true. yeah and then it's the cat like giving the answer so the the girls are like you know if if you homeschool your kids they're not going to fit
3: into society and the cat's like
0: exactly um, <laughs> <okay>. like, huh. <laughs> so yeah so
3: so, well, go ahead, yeah. I had a couple of questions. So, you you said that you get more out of the la- traditional and Latin mass. Do you speak or understand Latin?
1: So, I understand it in the context of the mass. Right. I took Latin in high school, okay. I was homeschooled. Yeah. Um I went to an online high school called Queen of Heaven Academy Online. Mm. Um and so I took Latin there, which I might have like bummed my way through yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I was like why do I need to do this if we don't go to mass and yeah so I'm like what's the point um but it's I definitely do have Duolingo on my phone yeah, so every yeah. now and then <laughs> yeah. if I feel like it and yeah. I feel like getting threatened by an owl I will go on uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I will just do a little Latin because I understand like the basics yeah sure, um, sure. of it I understand specific words, uh, but in the mass itself, through my missile that I used Mm. and going back between the Latin versus English, I definitely do understand a lot. Yeah. And even then, because I also go to the TLM, but in English, you know, it's like a Novus Ordo, but they do it like the TLM. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. I'm able to follow along a lot better too, because I'm like, okay, the curiae is coming up. Okay, that's Lord have mercy, you know, Christ have mercy. And so if I lose my way, I'm Mm. like, okay, Lord have mercy. Like, hang on. (laughs) Um, So I definitely do understand quite a bit of it. Okay. But I will tell you, I have a huge respect for people who go to the TLM for their first time who were not raised in it. Mm. It, Because I went to my first Polish mass and I was just so lost. I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh. What's happening? And Because um, I only go to English and I usually only go to Latin. And so when I went to Polish, because it was the only one available and I had to go, like I had to be somewhere and I wasn't going to be able to have a chance to go to mass any other day. I was like, well, we're going to the 7.30 a.m. Polish mass, I guess. Wow. <laughs> and I was so lost because there was no Kyrie. I didn't, and even the homily was in Polish. So I was like, wow. I, I oh, know wow. I would have been out of this spiritually, but yeah. My guardian angel can translate later.
3: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I was just curious because you said that you get more out of it. And I thought that that would be interesting with the language barrier that Mm. maybe it is like a spiritual thing as Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know.
1: uh, I will say that when I first started going and I didn't know how to use my missile, I didn't understand anything. There was definitely just that sense of being able to sit in the presence of Mm. God and witness this beautiful mass um, and not have like... I guess the obligation of having to follow along, right. um, but then when I was like, "Well, I really want to participate in the mass," that's when I started doing the missile and trying to understand it.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it probably has to do with just the whole sacramental, the enhanced sacramentality of the whole mass, and mm-hmm. especially the architecture. I mean, you know, um, Venerable Fulton Sheen. Used to talk about the sacramentali- sacramentality of architecture and how yes. he was very critical of mar- modern architecture. You know, he just said Being we were just flat and yeah, square and we're just living in shoeboxes now. Yeah. Versus, uh, you know, the, the great Gothic cathedrals mm-hmm. and um, cathedrals here in, in the United States that uh, point to something else, point to a higher transcendental mm-hmm. realm. They you draw know? your eyes
3: upward, you know? 100%. Um,
0: and, and, and he would say that the architecture of a society of a time says a lot about the spirituality mm-hmm. of that society or of that culture of that time. So, oh gosh, wh- where are we headed now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
3: so my other question was, You said that um, technology wasn't like introduced in your family or to you specifically until like around 2017, which is not that long ago. Mm. And now you are on social media Mm. and you use it all the time. So what was that like? How is that? And it sounds like you're kind of like a kindred spirit and you like the traditional aspect of life and bringing it back to the basics. So how do you do that like on social media? Because I find that super interesting.
1: For sure. So I should probably clarify too. Sure. So I, we got, so, so I'm, um, when I talk about technology, mm-hmm. I mean like social media, gotcha. right? Like gotcha. social media, sure. exactly. Sure, sure, sure. We had, we had like desktop games and yeah. I had a cell phone, but it was a, it was one of those slide phones. Right, right, um, right. We got smartphones when we were like teens, young teens, and then we weren't allowed on social media until we were like a little older.
3: Gotcha. So how did you transition into using social media to like proclaim your faith? How did that journey happened for you?
1: Yeah, that was an accident. Um, I was on TikTok and literally for like two years, I was on TikTok making like just whatever anyone else makes, which I didn't dance, which I'm like, okay, I, <laughs> I give myself credit for that. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely did like dumb little skits or whatever. Yeah. And I, this just wasn't really fun for me. I didn't really like TikTok, but I did some with my friends and it was a fun little thing. And then in 20 night 2018 2019 2019 I um I basically went to I started going back into my faith I got into my church and stuff and I just posted like this dumb little video it was literally just a video of me with a Chick-fil-a cup my rosary and then like a statue of our lady like it was really <laughs> dumb it was just like it was like Catholic check or something it was really dumb and that took off like overnight. There was hmm. no reason for it because it was literally like a really crappy video too. <laughs> it, the quality was not good. That's how it always happens um, though. The video yeah, that always. you like,
3: you don't True. care about and you yeah. just do as like a joke it and it's like, so oh well. wow, that's like what people actually wanted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, algorithm. I wish I knew that the it's whole time. Longer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh it was bad um, but anyway after that took off I kind of just became more in tune with my faith but it wasn't exactly Catholic I would say mm. because I got a lot of hate for being Catholic sure. so I kind of just stayed around being more like yes I'm Catholic but I'm not going to be outright about it I'm going right. to probably talk like I'm more Protestant mm. even though like I won't like talk about Mary or anything like that but I'm I'm not going to like bash Catholicism, but I'm also not going to like preach it right away. Um, and so I had to go to one of my priests who I was horrified as a kid, by the way, but now he's like my best friend. It's great. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, um, I went to confession. I was just like, father, I'm having such a hard time calling myself Catholic instead of Christian. And he had me read the Beatitudes, which mm-hmm. I had only been back into my faith about three months at this point, and so I was like, "What the heck are those? Like, is that a beauty brand?" Like, <laughs> that'd be a that great—that'd
3: right? be a great name for a Catholic beauty brand,
1: right? The Beatitudes, yeah, beauty, and I don't know, but anyway, an attitude, <laughs> but yeah. And so I was <laughs>
0: oh beauty and attitude
1: beauty and attitude the attitudes oh my gosh i love that i should patent that but um Uh, i basically had to go and like read it and like that really helped me with being more outspoken about my faith because Hmm. you know they hate us because they hated him first you know blessed are the peacemakers for theirs is the kingdom of heaven um Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where i'm like oh well, then I'm going to be even more Catholic now. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, that's kind of what kickstarted me doing more research into Catholicism. It all started on TikTok. And then once I f- had a fairly good following on TikTok, I was like, well, do you guys want to be on Instagram? Like, do you want me to do that? And they were like, yeah. So I was like, all right. So I started my Instagram. And then about a year after that, people were like, okay, we love your TikToks and everything, but they're only like, 30 seconds and we want way more information than what you're giving. And I'm like, do you want me to start a YouTube channel? And they were like, yeah. So (laughs) it was, um, it was a lot, but yeah, I started my YouTube channel from there. And that's where I actually started getting more into the apologetic side of things Mm. and like talking about my own story because I mean, on TikTok you can do that, but it's so much easier to just film like a five second video of you holding a rosary and being like, yes mm-hmm. than yeah. it is to be like okay so here's my whole life story guys Yeah. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed being on different platforms and being able to customize those different platforms for what I wanted to talk about mm. um, if I wanted to talk about my story or apologetics YouTube if I yeah. wanted to just spread Catholicism or talk about a specific you know something I don't know then you know a short video TikTok except I got banned permanently at 100,000 so is that what happened? I was gonna ask
2: wow <gasps>
0: you got banned
2: was there a a specific video that set off the banning or was it just what do you think what do you suspect wow
1: see that's why me and my producer were like shocked was because we were so we were over a hundred thousand followers on tiktok and then on my birthday which is why i knew it was from god because (laughs) i was just like Literally that weekend, I finished praying a novena, a basically a surrender novena, and just being like, God, if there's anything in my life that's not benefiting me spiritually, wow. take it away. Wow. And then, literally, like <laughs> that night, he was just uh, on TikTok, like they were just like, we've temporarily suspended your account because of these videos. And I looked at the videos, and you guys aren't going to be able to guess what they were because of the fact that they were literally just videos of my chickens and what? my snake. Oh, that's what was flagged. It wasn't any of my videos talking about the LGBTQ movement or about Ah. God or Catholicism. It was all my animal videos. That is so interesting. Wow. And they said it was because of harassment. Hmm. What? So I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So anyways, and then my birthday came around and I got my account back because I submitted an appeal. Mm. Right? Mm. You do that. I got it back. And I just let everybody know like, hey, they might ban me permanently, whatever. Follow me on my other social medias. Oh, yeah. And then... Literally my birthday at like 808, which was when I was born, I got permanently banned. Wow. What? wow.
3: That's crazy. So I
1: was like, this is God's providence because otherwise this is this is too, there's no coincidences. There's only yeah. God incidences. So, <laughs> so, Amen. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. Did they flag any other videos when you got permanently banned or it was just no question, just your ban now? No explanation? Just
1: your band now. Wow. That was it. They were just there. I don't even know what the other videos were because they wouldn't let me onto my account to even see. It was just, boom, you're banned.
2: Wow. Mm. Holy moly. Yeah. That's weird because your chickens and snakes started a TikTok after you got banned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing yeah. really well. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they're called the Catholic chicken yeah. and the Catholic snake.
1: Um, so I think we're going to have some chicken for dinner. That's of um. funny.
3: Um, <laughs> well, you'll be on our TikTok, so... Yeah. And then we'll get banned. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's, that's interesting, though, that, you know, you kind of started on TikTok as your faith journey was being reignited. And then as you kind of moved to the longer forms, it sounds like you had to learn more and grew deeper, which is kind of cool. So um, yeah, that's a cool well, the progression. Thing, the main
1: thing was, was definitely like people would come to me with questions and I'd be like, hmm. I don't know, like yeah. Google's free question mark. But then I was like, I should probably know this. And so I, it really made me kind of kickstart being able to research and dig into my own faith. Cause if I felt responsible for somebody else's knowledge, I knew that I had to be knowledgeable about the faith and make right. sure I wasn't telling them something that wasn't true. Right.
0: So, what what was the point of your reversion where, where Jesus really kind of spoke to you, said, I, "I want to know you. I want to know you better. I want you to know me better." And and how did Catholic principles play into that relationship you were building with God?
1: So I struggled with mental illness a lot,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when I decided to come back into my faith, it was probably one of the worst mental illness episodes I had. I was struggling mm-hmm. with depression, anxiety, all these things, which. I just went back to my doctor. I'm completely cured of now, which is a complete miracle in itself. Um, I still get seasonal depression, but all of my brain waves are completely normal. No more anxiety, no more depression. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So it was, and I definitely had to take steps to heal, but, um, Mm. it's just insane how blessed that, um, blessings that God can give us. But so I was really struggling with that. All of my friends had basically abandoned me at that point because I slowly started getting a backbone more um, and kind of standing up to them. And so I didn't really have any friends and it was winter. So that wasn't very helpful either. I was basically like just in bed. I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Like I have so much to do. And I looked at my calendar, which was a really cute calendar, by the way, it was pugs with like donuts. Oh, <laughs> <That's great>. um, <laughs> but I looked at it and I was just like, Oh, it's, um, it's Sunday. Okay. And I was just like, what do I need to do on Sunday? And this little like thought just popped into my head. Like, what if I went to mass? Like, mm-hmm you know? And it was a thought that was so strong that I was like, Oh, I feel like I can actually do this. Mm. So I got up, I got dressed and I, I just went to a church that I went to when I was little. It wasn't, it's not the prettiest. It's very modern, but, um, I sat in the back and that's when I had a major conversion in front of the Eucharist where Jesus, basically mm. you could hear him in your heart. Like you can't hear him, but you can, you can feel him. For sure. And, um, I had, I had walls up around my heart. Like it was like a concrete heart. And he was basically like taking a little chisel and a little pick. And he was just like, and what he was saying was, do you trust me? Mm. And I had huge trust issues with God because I was like, why would I trust you? What have you ever done for me? Like blah, blah, blah. And of course those aren't the right attitude to have. And I know that now, but back then we're very, I was very clouded by emotions and And so I was very selfish and I was just like, what have you ever done for me? Like, blah, blah, blah. And instead he just like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And eventually, I don't know how long that went on for, but I was very stubborn. So I can only assume it went on for like more than 10 minutes. And finally I was just like, you know what? Fine. Like I'll try to, and that's all he needed. And he was like, okay, like that's all I needed. Wow. And, um, and then he started like kind of weeding people out of my life who was bad for me. He started giving me tons of graces to start going to mass every single uh, every single Sunday. And I started going to daily mass. I still hadn't made my confession at that point. And I knew I couldn't receive communion. Um, but I felt so much better. It was like this healing that I didn't know I needed. Um, and so that was the point where I was like, okay, this is what... God wants me to do. And even though I don't trust God, it was very odd because I had a very warped sense of who God was. I didn't trust God, but I trust, I trusted Jesus who is God, (laughs) right? It was like, it was like a trick, you know, he was just like, well, you're trusting me anyways, because I'm both God and man. So, (laughs) you know, um, but I trusted Jesus and then slowly through healing, I was able to trust God the father because, um, I think we all in a sense, like, in uh, one of the homeschool groups i was raised up in we were religion was used as a punishment you know Mm. not in my family but just in a lot of people's family and so whenever i'd hang out with all these people like if they did anything wrong they were punished for it and they had to do like three hail marys or it was always it was always used as a punishment and yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and so i always kind of like associated god with like punishment
0: Mm. i see so, and, and then to, to round it out, um, when, when you came back and, and, and you heard Jesus calling you and asking you to trust him and surrender, and I'm sure that's, you started feeling peace in your heart when you started to actually do that, and obviously that was sort of evidence for you that, wow, this is, this is really God, um, and, I, and Jesus, I need you. So what were some of the principles of Catholicism that drew you you know, and, and, and that you're, you're very adamant about, and maybe some that you speak to in public speaking?
1: I think one of my favorite things, definitely when it comes to principles, is just the principle of tradition, right? Sticking to our roots. This is the religion Mm. Jesus Christ started, and it's the religion we have continued until today and will continue until the end of times. And so that for me was super important because I saw so much division. And yes, there is division in the church um, over certain things. And that, of course, we know that there will be wolves and sheep's clothing. But when it came to the liturgy, when it came to the mass, when it came to our beliefs, everybody was in union. Everybody believed the same thing. Um, and that was something that was really important to me, like divorce is bad, contraception is bad, abortion is bad, all those things. And actually having years and and thousands of years to back up history for that um, was really important to me, being able to stick to the principles of tradition and being like, we are human, you cannot change human nature, mm. Um and history repeats itself because of human nature. Literally, we think like, "Oh, we want this because human nature is corrupt, right?" And then we get that, and then it turns out being bad. And then a hundred years later, we're like, "We want it again," <laughs> and then it ends up being, you know, yeah. so um, yeah. it's just crazy to me. I mean, we see it all the time today, you know. And um, it's just something that I really liked that was different was the fact that it's like it never changed. God, you know, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really important to me. Um, And I think the other principle is knowing that we have free will. I think Mm -hmm. today the world likes to separate the body and the soul. Um, Mm -hmm. But what you do with your body affects your soul. What you do with your soul affects your body. I don't know what you can do. Oh, well, like confession, you know, like it affects you. There are these times I think Archbishop Fulton Sheen has said, like when somebody comes out of confession, they just have this glow about them Mm -hmm. because the fact they're in a state of grace. Yeah. And I just absolutely love that. I'm like, it's what you do with your soul affects your body and vice versa. But today we have all of these things where it's like, do what you want. Whatever makes you happy. Suffering should not be a thing. And I'm just like, no, suffering's good, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's for our own sanctification. And it's how we can unite ourselves to Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing whatever makes you happy is usually not going to do it. You know, especially if it's sin. Um, and so I love the backbone of the church being able to just call it out and be like, No, suffering's good, you can't always do what makes you happy because, in the end, freedom, f- true freedom, is not doing whatever you want, you know. So it's doing what you want, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was that Lewis or or John Paul?
1: I thought it was JP. I think it was JP, <laughs> yeah.
0: This <laughs> is <was> definitely JP, <laughs> yeah.
1: He would say that, yeah. He would.
0: Alanis, do you have any any questions?
1: I don't. All of the questions I had you already answered, but I do just want to affirm oh. you because I I just think you're using your gifts so beautifully and you're making such a big impact on social media in the world. Your public speak like you're such a an eloquent speaker and I'm just I'm grateful to be a follower, so a fan. Much. Yeah, you're incredible. I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty inspiring to be open about you know mental health issues, yeah. and then to see that you're doing public speaking and you're very vocal on social media, and uh, you know not uh, apologizing for that and being. Having a backbone, as you're saying, uh, it's a lot of people should pay attention to that because it is little steps, like just right. speaking in front of people, right. what that can lead to, and yeah. building that strength um, over time. It doesn't happen overnight, so that's that's really really cool what you're doing. So,
1: thank you, yeah. I appreciate
0: it, Amber. This has been such a, a great time. Uh thank you again for being with us and and hanging and uh sharing the faith, uh sharing fellowship. Is there anything that you want to share with our, our listeners? I mean, I, I know you have a book club, maybe you can speak to that or or a, a speaking uh, engagement that you have coming up. Is there anything that you want to share?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um so we are starting the book club. Um so definitely you can go to my website thereligioushippie.com and you can sign up for my newsletter there. Um, like you said, you can also find me on basically any social media platform at The Religious Hippie. And uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Definitely. Sweet. I will be there, Amber. Yes, please do. Book club, screw tape letters. I'll be there. So excited. <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of A Reason for Hope Candid. Next week's podcast episode features Mario Costabile's interview with Michael and Alicia Hernan, the founders of the Messy Family Project. They'll be discussing the beauty and messiness of Catholic family life. Michael and Alicia share their personal experience as parents of 10 children and offer quality guidance for married couples. If you haven't already, be sure to follow our podcast so you're always in the loop for new releases. Also, make sure to follow Array of Hope on social media and check out our music. You can find all this information in the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be with you next week for our interview with Michael and Alicia Hernan, titled God Bless This Mess. Until next time, peace be with you.